Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Two, one. (laughs) Here we are in the middle of our conversation again. Welcome. Good to have you with us. And um, we're just hitting the record button and uh, saying hi to you as we are already into our conversation, our Friday conversation with Steve and Sean. So great to have you, as I said, with us at this Friday. And um, Steve is just um, sharing a testimony with me. Um, and I think I just really felt like this could be really powerful. Um, so... Take us from the top, Steve. So what was the the situation? I think we ought to change this to bright and early. Call this bright and early. Yeah, you can can be early because you're usually early. I can be bright. (laughs) (laughs) I can be brilliant. Uh, Brilliant. You're the the shiniest one, man. (laughs) Yeah, not just bright. I'll be brilliant today. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) oh my gosh i can feel i can feel it you can feel it yeah (laughs) yeah hang on (laughs) i'm glad you have i'm glad you have arms on that chair you're hanging on to (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) yeah like we were talking about that i guess the thing is uh there's a lot of stuff that we can do in life and um a lot of stuff that we've all been through. Um, You and I were talking about the possibility of doing a book on some different things. And and, um, my main thing right now is to make sure that my wife's book gets out first, uh, just because there's some things that are very important. It's important for us to have our wives come alive. Yeah. Um, it talks about in Timothy, you know, watch for the guys, you know, to be elders that, that basically take care of their household. <laughs> I mean, even with Abraham, you know, he should be one who rules his own house well. And that doesn't mean under a, a wicked thumb. It just means, can I nurture and grow what's in my field? Can I, can nurture I, man- can and- I manage what I've got? Right, yes. right, right. And can I bring them to fruition or yes. to flourish? And, um, and that was one of the things that got me here of, of several months back now is that, cause I had a bunch of ideas about books and things like that. And I thought, no, really it's time for her to get her stuff out mm-hmm. and get, get her stuff written. And what had happened is, uh, several years ago, Connie had, um, uh, that's my wife, by the way, and for those who don't know, but, um, she had gone through a time where she did not sleep and I'm not talking about a nap every now and then I'm talking about something that Mayo Clinic called malignant insomnia. Wow. Um, to where it's her body would not sleep and they tried all sorts of stuff. They tried, um, mixtures, all sorts of medication that should have put a rhino down and it, uh, you know, she was still up running around or her brain was, but it had gotten to the point uh, toward the end where uh, <clears throat> her body had started shutting down. Uh, her organs had started shutting down. Um, she, 
she could barely walk. Uh, I had to help her walk. Um, she could she could not articulate. Uh, she she had a rough time talking. Um, but yet she was wide awake, and that's where you know her mind was terribly alert, and it was going a hundred miles an hour, and it wouldn't shut down. So. Um, the book right now that she's doing is a process of, of what she did or what, what came to her as far as the weapons of her warfare that were not carnal, that were mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And that's one of the things I've been looking at for uh, bunches of people right now that I'm, that I'm working with is the fact that there's five smooth stones in your bag. There's a way you can't take on my armor, just like David couldn't take on Saul's armor to take down Goliath. There has to be, there has to be five smooth stones in your bag or however many in your bag. And the first one you reach in and grab is the one that's going to take down your enemy. So it's got to be something that you're used to fighting with. It's got to be uh, there's got to be, and uh, one of the things that she got throughout this thing was war according to the prophecies that had gone on before concerning thee. So her whole thing was, these things God has spoken concerning my life, they have not been fulfilled yet. God watches over his word to perform it. So I'm not done yet in life. And um, in fact, um, she had kept she kept getting this song over and over this Frank Sinatra song that now the time is near, uh, to, um, reach the final curtain or whatever it is. <laughs> now the time is near to then the final curtain. Anyway, she just kept thinking, okay, this is my death song, you know, and I'm going to die right here. Well, um, that happened for several months and, uh, we were moving out toward California uh, on our way to Arizona at that point, and we stopped off at a at a, our friend's uh, little fellowship um, out in east or west Texas, and uh, he says, "Connie, I I have a word for you." <laughs> and Connie doesn't like getting words, quote unquote, from people because you know in our lifetime, as you know, you know we've gotten a lot of mixed words that that probably don't make a lick of sense to anybody, but. Uh, and probably who knows where they came from, you know, but, uh, anyway, uh, he calls her up to the front and <laughs> she gets up there and he says, now this is going to seem weird, but it's a, it's a song. So I'm going to have to sing it to you. And it's a Frank Sinatra song. And she goes, Oh no, I'm going to die right here in front of everybody. Cause I've reached the final curtain. And he goes, let me see if I can do it. And he goes, <clears throat> The best is yet to come, baby. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> but see, that's the type of thing that happened to her over and over again, where God knew exactly where she was and would give her the diametrically opposed or opposite thing to combat that enemy with, whatever voice it was. And you know, who else would know except God that it was a Frank Sinatra song that had been haunting her for, a, you know, right. a couple of months. Yeah. And to undo that whole thing with another song. And, of course, now we still have the best is yet to come, you know, uh, all over on different little posters and different little things in our house. Uh, because those are weapons that you can use, you know, the rest of your life for things. I mean, yeah. this is a sword 
that is now hardened, tested in battle. And so um, these are the types of things that she's, she um, has written down in the book on how to, how the Lord gave her different things that would help her overcome, um, you know, the battle that she was going through and come out the other end. So, and that was basically it. It, um, She ended up, we ended up going to this little fellowship in Santa Maria, California. And uh, uh, this, they said, is there anybody out there that needs prayer? And Connie says, I, I really need to go up. And I thought, oh, great. This is going to take a while. <laughs> I'm thinking of myself, you know, because she, she can't walk, you know. So anyway, I'm helping her up to the front, you know. And, and there's this little tiny guy. Uh, he's probably no bigger than five, six, five, seven, um, that has this huge beard. And, you know, this flowing hair. And he looks like Santa Claus. He got these little spectacles on. And um, he says, are you her husband? I said, yeah. And he says, um, he says, there are tentacles that have come from afar that are choking the life out of your wife. And I break those tentacles right now in the name of Jesus Christ. That was, that to me now i i i know in the book it's a little bit different but to me that was the turning point because it it changed something in the atmosphere at that Shifted point something spiritual yeah, yeah. Mm. and um it wasn't long after that that she actually napped <laughs> for a little bit you know during the course of the day wow and then then started sleeping a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more Jeez. but um you know, there's a lot of things like this that people are going through in life that need to learn how to fight. And they don't, we've never been trained how to do battle properly. And it's not just some pat answer. It's not just some, well, here's your sword, go fight. You, you, the Lord will give you the sword to fight that particular enemy because we've never been this way before. We don't know how to fight some of these things that we've been, that we've come up against. So anyway, that was basically it. Um, and like and you said, we just pushed records. And, yeah, and, and she's writing a book on that. Yes, yeah. Oh, well, you must please give, um, uh, ask her if I can have the, the right to, um, the rights to interview her when it's done, when she's launching it. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, so it'll be great to interview her in, in the group and, uh, and on the podcast and stuff like that. So Yeah, I'm sure she would appreciate that because her main thing is getting the getting the news out not not the news that this happened to me not the news that i'm an overcomer it's the news that there are weapons that the lord gives us that are able to overcome anything that we have i know i'd love to do that i mean that's that's powerful that is a really powerful testimony and yeah because you know whether it's um whether it's sleep deprivation or financial deprivation or in the economic right. deprivation or or religious persecution you know everybody's got a journey that and something that they're having to deal with you know the other day i was right. saying on the mm-hmm. podcast is like you know people think because in their culture they're going through something and, and listen some people are really going through hard you know hardships oh, yeah and but but you know at the same time every culture has got its it's difficulty, you know, and, and within the society, within the circumstance that you're dealing with. And, 
Um, it's like one guy, when, when I was living in, in South Africa, a guy came down to visit us and he was just like, I mean, your house is amazing. You got, you know, you got, and I said, do you know how much that this house costs me <laughs> that I have to believe for every month? And he goes, no, I said, okay, so let me help you here. The house costs me. I pay tax on the ground. Um, the sewage costs me. Every time you flush the toilet, I pay for sewage and I pay for water. I pay Every for time water. you flush? Every time you flush. You, I mean, because it's all added up. I mean, it's all part oh, of yeah, the yeah. sewage. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, no, and it doesn't go ting, 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 ting. Like it does. <laughs> but I, I mean, you say. pay. <laughs> it's just like, every meter. time you flush, it's ting, ting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, I'd be storing it up. I'd say, don't flush. <laughs> yeah, don't flush. Don't flush. Oh, I must. Uh, did you hear about the blind guy from South Africa that went to Texas? No. <laughs> so, so he goes to Texas. He gets invited to Texas and he lands in Texas and they're wheeling him around the airport and he says, man, this airport is big. And so the guy says, yeah, everything's bigger in Texas. And, um, and then they, uh, they took him to put him in this uh, car, you know, and he goes, and this is a big car. And the driver says, yes, everything's bigger in Texas. They take him to the hotel and he walks into the hotel room and he feels around and he says, man, this is a big hotel. And he says, everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> he says, wow, wow. So that night he goes down to dinner and he sits down and they, he says to the guy, um, you know, so the, guy, the, the waiter comes and says, well, what could you like? And he says, I like a Texas steak. And, and what can I have to drink? And the guy says, iced tea. And, and he says, okay, you know, and uh, so he gets the steak, man, and fills the steak. He says, man, this is a huge steak. And the guy says, yeah, everything's bigger in Texas. And then he grabs the iced tea and, you know, it's like one of those massive things. And he starts slipping and he says to the waiter, man, this is a lot of iced tea. And he says, everything's more in Texas. And, and so he finishes the iced tea, but now he, he needs the toilet, you know. So the, he says to the waiter, he says, man, um, I need the gentleman's you know he says all right get up sir go to your left hit the wall when you get to the wall um miss the first door and go to the second door no go to the first door not the second door and and um and that's the the, the toilets he says okay so he walks down hits the wall stumbles and he's not sure if he's got the right wall the door or not so he opens the door walks out and he falls into the 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 um uh Hotel swimming pool, and he starts <laughs> shouting, "Don't flush! Don't flush! Don't!" Flush. <laughs> Everything's big in Texas. Yeah. No, I got you. I got you way off track there, brother. You were you were going about you're explaining to this guy that you know you have to pay for every flush. You got to pay for. <laughs> yeah, you got me off in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. Um, yeah, so I said to him, the thing is, there's, there's, a, there's a cost involved. There's a, there's a journey. I have to believe God for all of that. You know, right, right. you think it's easy just to have, you know, and people have that idea. Oh, well, just because you live in, in a different culture that has got a house and got it. But there's a, there's a cost involved in that. You know, it's right. like in America, we, we, it's like people work hard in America. I mean, generally, there's some people don't work at all. Some people want it all for free, but I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about right. the average American works hard, works long, hard, and is very industrious. That's why the country is prosperous, you know? And so, um, whereas everybody else wants to, 
you know, not everybody else, but in other places, they want stuff for free. You know, they don't want to use initiative. They don't want to work hard, you know, um, right. and find new ways of doing things, et cetera, et cetera. So every culture has its, its difficulty. And, and we need to understand that we've got to overcome that difficulty wherever we are. And God is sufficient right. in every culture, you know? Right. That's true. So, so, you know, yeah, prosperity might be, okay, I'm driving a Ford um, F-150, you know, nice four by four truck, you know, um, that, that, that might, it might be prosperous to somebody, you know, um, but to somebody else, just having a car might be prosperous, but right. in, in some other places, having a bicycle will be prospering. Right. You know, and so we, we, we must never, and this is a, something that really has come to me, maybe years ago, is like, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about, um, I was going to read something else, but I, I may, I'll come back to that one. But it says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. So the eye cannot say, to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it's much truer that the members of the body which seem weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on those, on these we bestow more abundant honor and our unseemly members come to have more abundant seemliness. And I think it is important that we realize and recognize there's no superiority and no inferiority in the in the body of Christ. No. I think as soon as we have a, a concept that somebody is greater than me, we right. are dishonoring the body. And if we if we deem somebody less than us, we are dishonoring the body. Right. At the head. Because right. every single part contributes to the body. Right. Sorry. Now, how does that work when you, <clears throat> I'm just, I'm just bringing up a, uh, where it says that the elders that teach should get double honor. Um, you know, how would we approach that then? Um, because there, there is an, a certain amount of honor, uh, that is due. Yeah. But yet it's not a, um, like you and I've talked about before, it's not a hierarchical, hierarchical honor it's a it's a it's a respect it's a uh, something that you give to somebody from your heart um it's well, not a positional honor let's put it no, that it, way yes so it's not a hierarchical it's not a corporate kind of mentality again what we what we fail to understand is the cultural family right and and when you're talking elders it says entreat elders as a father Right. And so elders carry the maturity. You see, we've lost the sense of that within the context of our societies. Um, in some societies, they do have that. They, in fact, I've been to places in Africa where they do, they do do that. However, of course, man's lust for power oftentimes is, you know, to preside then, to use that honor to, in fact, manipulate, dominate, control, uh, you know, um, intimidate people. And right. then to then to uh, demand, in a sense, that that honor be given. 
Right. Uh, demanding respect, demanding it, honor. Yeah. It, that is that I don't believe that happens. A again, it's what we were talking about last week, you know, just who are the leading men, uh, you know, it's just like elders can be the leading people amongst you. And therefore they are respected. They, they are the, are the ones that in fact hold a, a position. They hold right. a functional position which is governmental within the body of Christ. They do, they do, do hold that. And so as elders, um, they are to be esteemed. And it says, I mean, it talks about, uh, um, you know, uh, respect those and love those that are labor amongst you, which talk, it's referring to elders. Um, and it's, it talks about obeying those who have the oversight. Um, and that obedience is not, you know, psychophant kind of robotic um, obedience. It, it mean it actually means to uh, comply with the with the with the with the community kind of setting. You know, so comply right. with them. Don't work against them all the time. So uh, you know, because there's nothing worse than trying to work with somebody that's non-compliant. That, right. That, that go, fights and irritates and goes against yeah. everything in the community all the time. You know. Just, I was thinking of something while you were saying that, as far as just even the even the relevance of honoring every part has their own honor, you know, even the, you know, the un, the seemingly uncomely parts have right. a certain amount of honor, have a certain right. amount of dignity. Have, and a lot of times we lose that uh, because we think only a certain few deserve the honor or the whatever. Yes. Could you imagine what would happen if, um, you know, like you and I've talked about that, the, that each one of our children have that honor in, within the home. Yeah. They have that dignity. They have that ability to make choice to, um, and, and you nurture them and bring that up. And just like with uh, Connie in this book, you know, I'm excited for her. I'm wow. excited to see that come out and to see her come, come forth. And it's a, I guess I didn't see it as honoring, but that's what it is. It's honoring that gift that God gave her or put within her. Uh, and and to help her get that out, yeah. you know, help and and to provide the atmosphere to get that out there. Absolutely. So there is a certain amount of honoring that that Christ says that the you know the the one who is the leader will be the least of everybody. I mean, you're gonna um, be, you know, you're gonna be the least of all. You're gonna be the yeah. one that's that's seen as or not even seen necessarily. Yeah. No. Exactly. Well, and then, you know, I love, I think, it, uh, who was it? Um, somebody said that leaders um, take all the responsibility, accept all the blame, and not take the responsibility, but they are the response, you know, they right, accept, right. accept responsibility for right. everything. Um, they take all the blame, but give away all the credit. <laughs> so, right. uh, and I think, you know, that's, that's, like a real kingdom view in that, you know, is, um, yeah, that's now the one that you, sorry, that, that, that scripture that you quoted is still the thing that sets for me that the, the principle of everything, it doesn't right. matter elder or non elder, uh, you right. know, gift or non gift is that Jesus said, um, the Kings of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who have authority over them are called benefactors or benefactors, somebody who dishes out favor, you know? Right. Right. And he says, but not so with you. 
I mean, right there, it just wow. like levels the field. But let him who is the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as the servant. Right. And that just sets the whole the whole. Scene. Yeah, because if I do something to you and I'm seen as a benefactor, a great benefactor, a great philanthropist, a great this great somebody that's just allows you to do something. <laughs> I mean, that, that is almost, that's sickening to me that I, you know, that somebody would see, Oh, I allow my children to, you know, I mean, all that sort of thing. Uh, and, and it's almost like, um, see me, see me as I do all this stuff, you know, and, and still you get the glory regardless of what, regardless of what's happening with my peons, you know, I still get the glory and I'm the great benefactor that allows all this to pass under my hand. And you just going, golly, why why do we turn all this stuff? You know, why do we have a tendency to turn it like that? Uh, When Christ actually says in my kingdom, it shall not be so among you. You know, in fact, your heart should be the same thing as mine was, even though I was the son of God, son of man, I came, to be a servant of all. I didn't come here to just be the king and to be whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if he, because he said that to Pilate, he said, if I take up my kingship here now, then, uh, then I'd have a legion of, of uh, I'd have a myriad of, of angels come and fight for me. And that right, right there, uh, Pilate goes, okay, I don't want to be involved in this, man. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> this guy is a king beyond me, you know, it's just like, right. um, and yet, yeah, I mean, but he, 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 he was prepared to lay all that down uh, for us, you know, right. to be a servant all the way. I mean, because his servanthood didn't start at the cross. It started right, right started way before that. Way before. And that was the model. He, he wouldn't teach that to his disciples unless he had modeled that to them. Right. And, and, uh, and well, even said, the foot washing thing wasn't a ritual. No, exactly. It, yeah, it was something a servant did. Yes. And that's why Peter was so upset. He says, Lord, don't do that. And then he says, I must have to do this because yeah. I'm, I'm trying to show you something here. I'm trying to say that this is how you do this. You, you wash each other's feet. You, right. you take that role of a servant and you help the other person, you know, walk through life. That's and right. he says, well, then wash all me. And he goes, no, I just want to wash your feet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I don't... But he, 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 and that was his heart. He says, if I've done it to you, you need to do right. it to each other. And, right, you know, and so yeah, we've made a religious right out of it. Wash each other's feet. We bring up the bowl, right. you know, and and so we've now focused. We focus on the washing of the feet, and I, I just think of some things that have happened to me over the years in ministry, and I just think, oh my word, it's just like, oh gosh, no, I don't even want to go there. But anyway, yeah. it's just um, you want to kick the guy over and the bowl and everything it's, else. It's it's just, uh, like, you know, know what they're doing it for. Yeah, it's just it's it's sad. It just was sad. But and and yet the 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 real principle that Jesus was teaching in that, which is servanthood, right? To serve one another is totally lost in that. Right. So you know it was all about the washing of the feet. It's all religious, um, and yet we don't. The real heart of it is not being adhered to. It's right. not being followed. It's not being adopted as part of their their heart, their heart attitude as a leader. You know, right. so um, yeah, I, I I mean, 
we we've we can even an elder cannot say to another part of the body i have no need of you right because it goes on it says again the head to the feet i have no need of you not even the head will say i have no need of the feet right. christ doesn't even say look i don't need you guys <laughs> yeah Isn't that, i mean you know i don't know how you read it but that's like kind of how i read it something you said last week um really struck me everything else that you've said over the last 25 years it never struck me it this one here really struck me <laughs> <laughs> Well, this one something. thing. <laughs> finally, finally. <laughs> and now I forgot what it was. <laughs> wow, <that struck> you <laughs> hard. <laughs> well, it really struck me big time. Yes, uh, it was something. It was something having to do with um, what we were just talking about. Uh, what was that? Um, because you said about Christ, about how he, how he came to do something in particular, but we tend to, we tend to try to make it all the time into a religious type setting, and I forget how you stated that, but everything that he did, all of a sudden we try to make it something else, and because we try to make it something else, it becomes religious. It becomes part of a religion as opposed to life anymore. Yeah. And that's the thing, that's the thing to realize is that Christ, Christ being our model, didn't come to do this just because he wanted to show us a bunch of principles. He was trying to show us a way of life right. living in a certain kingdom. Right. This is how this is how I live. This is how we live. This is what we do. And uh, to spend three and a half years with a bunch of guys that were basically our rednecks and whatever, you know, I mean, just working class guys, uh, and some of them, the dregs of society, some of them, the, you know, seen as being the thieves and everything else. Uh, and to say, this is how we live in a society and, uh, to watch him, watch him work with those gentlemen and watch him actually live out a life and say, this is how you do it and then leave and let them <laughs> i mean i'd be afraid to leave because <laughs> i'm afraid to, but i guess that's why he sent the comforter that's why he sent the holy spirit that will bring to our remembrance everything that he has taught us so i guess he didn't leave us alone you know he 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 left but he he left with the holy spirit here to to prompt us and to bring back to our remembrance everything that he's taught us so but that was the main thing too. Christ, when Christ does something, he does it with purpose. He didn't do it just because he felt like, you know, here, I got to fill up another chapter in this particular book. Uh, he was just living life and to show us, um, I guess that's the thing that gets me about the, about some of the different movements that we have. Um, because we begin to highlight different aspects of things uh, in, in the leadership realm, and we'll take little bits and pieces of it, and we'll interject as though Christ did that, but he never did, uh, for instance, he never did say to the disciples, I am your father. Uh, he never did take that fatherhood place. He said, I will show you the father, but he never did model even though 
you probably could state that he modeled fathering. He took them in as a, as a father would and said, here, let me show you how to do this. But he never did take that place and say, I am your father. So I guess just to even look at that, he wasn't there for a position. He wasn't there for a placement. And just like I've said before about Absalom, Absalom didn't take David's place because David was his father. He took the place of a king. And if there's a position to be had, one of your sons <laughs> is going to try to take that position. Yeah. But if there is no position, there is nothing to take. So yeah. for some reason, we have a propensity as, as humans to try to have a position and have a place in other people's eyes or place in their thinking or a place in their hearts or whatever. It was always, it's always positional with us. But, but yeah, you see, and I don't understand, that's what I don't understand. It's not the culture of the kingdom of God. The culture of the kingdom is one king. Right, right. And we are all kings and priests under him. Kings right. and lords. King, kings, priests, and lords. We are all. So all. All, all of us. We, yeah. We're a kingdom of, we're a kingdom. We belong to a kingdom, which is a country. Right. With a ruling monarch called the king of kings. Right. We are all kings, priests, and lords under his rulership. Right. Now, that's liberating. But you see, we have such a democratic paradigm. We are Correct. so steep in republic, uh, republic uh, democ democracy. Right. That we cannot even begin to imagine what a monarchy is. So we conduct ourselves, and that's my... You know, I mean, you know, I've been like on this hobby horse for, for years already, but it's like, and even when I, when I begin to doubt myself, you know, I doubt my conviction, I've got, um, you know, everybody's going, no, you know, you're wrong. And I think, oh my gosh, maybe I'm wrong. But then I come back to the, you know, I come back to that Luke 22 and I go, yeah. it shall not be so among you. And I just go, right. I, you cannot deny the, the very fabric of his constitution that he right. set as a king. And that's the thing is. And that's in red. That's written in red, baby. I'm telling you. Is like we what we try and do is, and that's the thing is we try and read this book, what Jesus did, and just what you were saying, we try and read it with the eyes of a church paradigm or a democracy, a democratic yeah. paradigm. Or corporate. Yeah. Or a corporate paradigm, which is capitalism, you know. Is, is Matthew chapter 6 is not capitalism. Right. It's not capitalism. Take no thought saying, anxious thought saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Seek first the kingdom. Seek his government. Seek his constitution. Seek his culture. Seek his way of rulership. Seek his government and righteousness, which is connection, right relationship to him. And all these things shall be added unto you. Don't do it as the Pharisees do it. Right. Let your righteousness exceed their righteousness. Their righteousness is a religious righteousness. Right. And right. whenever we're having to, when people have to try, the thing about it is, I don't care how you put it, people are going to have to jump hoops to try and get your favor. You're a benefactor. Do you know how many years, I, and you probably had the same, over the years, through different ministries and different leaders, 
is like you know there's implied conditions that you can't you don't know what they are but you know they're there you know right. they are there and you see that is a dysfunctional father a dysfunctional mm. father doesn't communicate with you a relationship it communicates conditions implied conditions you meet the conditions you're in favor with me you you don't meet the conditions you i am displeased and i don't tell you why so i sulk i'll punish you but i won't tell you what they are wow and so i've i've over the years and i know others are, are the same it's like and i've done it hello i've been there so i've done i've done exactly the same thing you will attend this program otherwise you're out of favor you you will you will uh, comply with this you will attend that you will be like this and if i don't like it tough one guy i, I was dealing with something one guy i was working in the ministry calls me up onto the platform hey come here come here come here so i run up on the platform and he says why are you late and I said, because I, I have the situation. It was a serious situation, very serious situation. And I said, I have the situation. He looks at me, Stephen. He says, are you lying to me? You are lying to me. I said, wow. I have to tell you a lie like that because to, to, um, to be late. <laughs> if I was late, I'm just going to tell you I'm late. I'm sorry. You know? Right. And, and said, so suddenly I'm out of favor. Right. Now I'm going to jump the hoops. I'm going to work longer hours, do more, um, you know, to show that I am committed and dedicated and devoted to his vision. And then right. just like, th these are not, this is not leadership. This is dictatorship. And Jesus was yeah. not one of those. Uh, see, we have a tendency to do that, or I did in my own family. Because I remember the kids and Connie sitting uh, down with me one time and they said, the thing that we're upset about is not is not necessarily you're a bad father. It's just every time we feel like we finally attained approval, the finish line changes. In other words, the goal moves. Now all of a sudden we're not favored until we get to this goal. Right. And so it's always moving. It's all, you can't hit that target anymore because, because now in order to get that, that, um, what would you call it? That's well, just approval. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, the conditions always change. They're always moving. So, and we can't, we can't, we've always feel like we're having to perform, but never quite reaching the end. It would be nice to actually know that we're accepted and approved without having to do, I mean, just we're accepted and approved and loved, yeah. not, not having to go, not having to perform, not having to reach a certain standard, not having to reach a certain level of growth or whatever, you know, whatever the stipulation was at that time. And that's part of the thing that we've done a lot in the body of Christ. And we've just transferred that over to where, uh, you don't get that approval and acceptance unless you've done this 12 part program or unless you've done this, uh, you know, you don't get, um, you don't get my approval. Uh, I remember in one place that we were actually teaching that if the, and I was part of this part of the teaching, if the man that's in charge does not acknowledge you, when he comes down the aisle or you see him in the hall or whatever, if he doesn't acknowledge you, 
that means that your heavenly father isn't acknowledging you. Oh my word. So therefore something must be wrong in your life. You better get it straight. Yeah. Oh, so, and, and so, so Mr. Perfect, glorious, saintly, uh, right. I'm exalted above everybody else can say, um, right. That, that sounds very much like middle ages, archbishop kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm the cardinal, and and I will bestow God's favor right. on you, or take it away. So, uh, yeah. And all of a sudden, if 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 that person then turns his face towards you, or acknowledges you, or even recognizes the fact you're there, that means God has finally recognized you, and and the things you're doing is is proper. And you're going, this is really out of, I mean, but but in that society in our little culture that we had built creative yeah yeah that became the norm that became yeah. something that was part of our culture an accepted value yes. norm not a value an accepted norm in the culture yeah right right and that's the thing we have to watch out for is is any type of group that we're doing whether it be a home study whether it be even this you know the culture that you begin to develop and and work within uh, we begin to have our own culture rather than the king, the culture of the kingdom of God. And that's what we're supposed to show. But that's Steve, this is what it's all about. This is exactly what we are attempting because when it comes to some people, you, I mean, we, we're not commanding it. We're not even overarching being uh, archbishop saying, hello, you know, we have this insight and you better comply. It's just like, we're bringing this to people as a cultural thinking. And, and right. you know, and the thing about it is, is I, I did a podcast this week and I said, you know, we love to see what Jesus did. And we'd like to copy that, but we don't go to what Jesus said. Right. Yeah. And so, and, be, and when we do look at what Jesus said, we're always looking at it from the eyes of how does it make my ministry go more? Or right. how can I be more effective rather than saying, what is the culture of the kingdom? Jesus right. didn't, didn't highlight signs and wonders as something that we should strive for. It was part of the kingdom. He right. said, preach the kingdom and these things will follow you. <laughs> right. Huh? You preach the word of the kingdom, and it's it's part of the culture. Part of the culture of the kingdom is to have your needs met, and right. that's for me. It's like I'm for, for after forty years, I'm sick and tired of religion, which goes hallelujah. I've got the victory, and you walk away as defeated as you came. You know, is like hallelujah. We, we you know we we are a kingdom uh, ministry, and you've still got the same person controlling as much as ever before. You know. We've got to begin to look at and say, what culture are we introducing? Because as leaders, that's what we do. We introduce right. the culture. We well, that's true. The culture. And so if, if we are as leaders, we need, and I think that's what Paul was going. He says, I am a master builder. I lay one foundation. That foundation is Jesus Christ. And the foundation that Jesus is, the, the cornerstone, the measure, the plumb line, the whole bang shoot works, everything is the, he is the king. He sets the culture and he's the pattern of what the building is going to look like. And now Paul says, one plants, another waters, and 
one comes in, sets the foundation. That was the foundation that was set. The epistles were set the foundation, Jesus Christ. Nothing else, Jesus Christ. Now we build on that pattern. And that pattern, the builders better beware of the constitution or the culture that they're introducing to that. Because if they corrupt this pattern, they will be corrupted. Yeah. Well, it even, I mean, it says that outright. It says, if you defile this temple. That's it. And that's the thing. I remember years ago when I read that, I said, that isn't me deciding whether or not I'm smoking or drinking or defiling this temple. That's no. somebody building on me. It's got if nothing that man, to do with the individual. Yes. In the sense right. of the individual sin, you know. Sin. Right, right, yeah. right. So if that man building on me defiles this temple, or putting, injecting into me something other than Christ at that point, right. him will God destroy, not the temple, That's him. Right. Yeah. And the so builders. it really, yeah. The builders. Yeah, so the builders. Because the builders? You know? they're the ones, they're the ones that, uh, he's the stone that the builders rejected, not the stone that the people did. That's he's right. the stone that the builders rejected. And that's the thing is, you know, it's like, I, I look at leaders, I look at people, first off, within the context of the church. I don't, I don't blame the people for being insecure, immature, um, undeveloped, not doing stuff, not being influential enough, because they're in a culture. Right. You know, the culture sets the guidelines, sets the, the, the atmosphere, sets the, the spirit by which everything operates. If you are a dominant father within the context of your family, your children are always feeling insecure and they get to the place they go, I do not want anything more to do with you. I'm leaving. And so now a rebellious, independent, um, hurtful dysfunction carries on into the generational curse, as they want to call it. You know, it's right. just like, it begins a curse now of whatever, because I will not take this kind of control anymore. And, you know, I looked at that, I, you know, when I was, when my when my son got to 13 years old, I said, we're not going to do it like that. Right. I, I did that. I just said, I'm not going to live under this kind of roof anymore. At 17 years old, I'm going to the military. I'm out of here. And I've, I haven't been living at home since then. I just was out, you know. And, and, uh, and that's what dysfunctional fathers do. We don't understand. We're replicating it. I don't even blame some young leaders because... I look at the people around them and say, it's your fault. You are not guiding this, the right culture, this guy into the right culture. And so he's right. just replicating what he sees over and keeps performing what he's always performed. And we, what we do is we try and um, justify. We constantly protect. And that's what the religious leaders did. They constantly justified, constantly protected, they constantly fought and killed the king of kings to right. maintain their culture. Right. And how many people do we do that to? You know? Right. Do you remember why it was called the Dead Sea? Yeah, because everything goes out in and nothing comes out. Right. This, and, and consequently, it just becomes over salty and, and no good for anything. The, the thing that got me um, a long time ago, because I realized why what I was doing wasn't working. I was continually trying to be a teacher. 
I was continually trying to pour into somebody. I was continually, uh, but it says that counsel is bound up in the heart of man, but a man of understanding will draw it from him. And I thought, what I began to sit there and think, what would happen if I begin to draw out of the people that are around me the counsel of Christ? What would happen if I begin to, if there was a bunch of young men in the room, to draw out of them something rather than to sit there in my mighty chair and, and continually pour into them? I'm not saying there's not a place for that and the place for imparting or impartation, but they've been a fountain shut up and a garden enclosed. And what about that getting that river of living water that's supposed to flow out of their bellies flowing again? Yeah. You know, how do we do that? And uh, can I, can I do that by beginning to go to their well and draw from their well and to let them see that, yeah, you do have Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. You do have the spirit of the living God in you. And here it is. Here's, Here's a, here's a demonstration of it right here. Let's look at this a little bit deeper. Let's, let's go a little bit deeper into this. What is he saying about that? And just draw some of this stuff out. Um, A lot of the podcasts, uh, not a lot, but I've just seen a lot of things where it, it moves back into the, the type of thing that we've always seen is you've got one dominant person that, you know, and all the rest of the 15 or 20 other people just stay muted on their, on their, on their thing. There's no interaction. There's no, there's none of that life interaction. And I guess that's why, uh, when we started doing this, the way we're doing this, I just, it got to me because I thought this is, this is life giving, not just to me, but it's life giving uh, hopefully <laughs> to both of us because both of us are pouring into this yeah. not just a relationship but pouring into this central thing that's going on right. so we're engaging with something we're engaging with the spirit of christ that's already moving in a certain direction and you just begin to flow with that right. and it it helps me understand that i'm part of a bigger picture I don't just have a bunch of ideas that I'm sharing on my own. I'm flowing with somebody else. I don't say Sean is lesser. You know, I don't say that I'm greater. I don't say that I'm lesser. That's right. But we, we're in this together, and let's find out what Christ is saying today. Exactly. And it's just, uh, to me, this type of, form, this type of thing that we've, we started, what, two years ago now, uh, has been an well, we've How been much? doing it for years and years. But, well, mean, yeah, yeah, that's starting, true. Starting live, is going live on a live broadcast, it's been a year and a half now, yeah. It's a year and a half? Okay. Yeah. But I just noticed that there's, um, um, for me, it's a different type of thing. I, In fact, I almost, I, I have a rough time going on uh, now and just talking, you know, and, and trying to teach something. Uh, and maybe that's my own mentality. You know, I, I probably need to do that more, but um, I, I enjoy this type of interaction a lot better. I enjoy this. Yeah. So it just makes it more lively for me. It makes it easier. You know, I just find it's less pressure. Oh yeah. You know, coming up with a mess. I mean, I do a daily podcast. Well, yeah. I don't know how in the world you do that, brother. You know, I come up, I have to, and I mean, some is more difficult than others, you know, um, 
but basically what I do is I take what we're talking about and I just highlight something out of that every day, you know? And, uh. and, and so this, you know, that, that's what it does. It feeds, it feeds into the, the principles, truths, the, the, what I need to share, you know? And so right. uh, want to share what I believe I should share, not want to share, but what I believe I should share with people to just get bite size and just pick it up from there and keep going with it, you know? But right. Absolutely. I, you know, for me, it's like, um, yeah, we, we, there's a place where there's got to be teaching because you've got to set the standard, you know, right. So right. of the scripture, you know, we understand that, but you know, Jesus took more time to deep dive into that. It's, it's given to you to know the keys right. and, and they would come aside to him and say, explain this to us. Right. And, and so they were, and I don't, you know, we see one or two occasions or three occasions, whatever, how many occasions there are in the Gospels about it. But for him to leave three, 12 guys after three years to change the world, to start a movement. Right. You know, I, I want to ask all these guys who are so-called so spiritual and so supernatural and can you leave your ministry right now? Can you walk <laughs> away right now? Yeah. And let the governor of heaven do his job. Can you, will you walk away right now? Right. Uh, you know, is that, then you've got to ask yourself, well, no, they, they need me. Well, that's the problem. You know, right. is you powerful? You're the one that's got, but the people are not empowered. If the people were empowered, you could walk away now. Jesus prepared 30 years for three years of of work with 12 guys we we prepare three years for 30 years of working <laughs> with multitudes of guys and we still don't we still can't walk away right we, we never have an exit strategy never we, right we, we talk about oh man maybe not getting to that one but you know because <laughs> there's a dad. That's another hour that's another hour as, yeah we, and you need to go as a dad i i knew my ch my sons one day are going to be out there without me right N not one day it was it, you know whether they go to a sports event school a uh, friend's house or something what are they going to live when i'm not around right i can't control that we try and control everything i can't control that and right. so i've got to make the right investment and then trust them with that investment so that they keep running, keep go and do what I've shown you to do into all the nations. <laughs> not what you think you should do, but what I tell you to do. Right. And what, what I've, no, no, not what I tell you, what I've shown you to do. Right. And keep doing it. And so that's, that was the principle I saw. Discipleship was the principle. And I said, right. how do I do that? And I studied that. And how do I put that into my children so that, I'm not the end of this legacy. I'm not even the beginning of the legacy. I am an investment into the legacy. Right. And I decided I'm going to change the divorce. I'm going to change the seduction, the paganism, and everything else that was going on in my family. And I said, I'm going to set the platform for my children and the ch my children's children so that they are, have so much more that from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob you know, is that the, the generations are there. And we've got to be thinking the culture that we're setting within the context of 
our leadership. We have to. Could you and, say that one more time about uh, we have a tendency to read in the scripture what Christ did, but we don't go by what he said. You something like that. Yes. And could, could you repeat that again? Okay. So what we do is we tend to look at what Jesus did to copy that. So we want to do what Jesus did, but we don't want to look at what Jesus said. And when we do look at what Jesus said, we read it within the paradigm or within the context of what we want to see. Right. Right. Okay. So what we that's, want to see. That's the thing that I said changed. That's the thing that impacted me the most right there that you said, and I, I was being, trying to be funny, but I didn't make it there. But anyway, <laughs> uh, as far as that's something that's so impactful right now is to not just, not just look at it as far as something to replicate, but actually something to look at what he said and to really, to really believe that what he said is what he meant. And this is how you do it. So uh, and it's not a formula. It's not anything else. He's just saying, hey, look, if you want to do this, this is the way to do it. I am the way. Yes. Well, I'm the king. This is my kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm getting away from them. Anyway, yeah. Steve, I know you, you've got another call at 10 o'clock. Is that right? Um, yes, I do. Okay. So, so there. <laughs> so there. <laughs> All right. I, I do too. I have another call coming up now. So, but it's, you know, hey, we, you know, we, it sounds like we hit the same hammer on the same anvil all the time. But you know what? I think we, it's like we have to keep hitting it and hitting it from different angles until we, I don't know about you, but I'm still working to get this culture of what this looks like to me. And I've right. been looking at it for right. years, you know, but, and, and so, you know, I, I, I appreciate thrashing it out with you and you letting me. <laughs> Let off my it's passion. fun to hammer it out it's fun to knock it back and forth over the it i call is. it like a tennis thing you know yeah. to hit it back and forth over the net and um and just just learn how to volley with these things without getting without getting your feelings hurt for crying out loud exactly. you know, let's, let's look at this let's exactly. look at this stuff yeah no exactly and you know be mature enough to to um, to look at it and say, am I aligned with this? Am I aligned with the pattern that's being said? We're not saying that we have the pattern. I'm just saying, is we introducing a different paradigm to what's going on? And I know right. it challenges everybody, but are you prepared to say, let me have a look at it again? Because maybe right. maybe I'm not aligned. Right, right. I'm not saying you're heretical or we. Um, we're not heretical. We love Christ Jesus and what he's done and all the rest of it. But, and we're not trying to control people. That's the difference. So yeah. it's like, um, but are you prepared to say, where am I out of alignment and how can I, how can I shift that? So I come into the alignment with the pattern. Right. That's, important thing. that's right. true. Good stuff, Steve. Hey, love you lots, buddy. Appreciate Thank your you. time again. Always every Friday is like a super duper time with you. So um, lots of love and to Connie and um, and I'm looking forward to a book and uh, doing an interview with us. So tell us yeah, be fun. Hurry it up! Hurry it up! Okay, I'll hurry her up. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great weekend, buddy. Love All you, right, love you too. We'll catch okay. you later. You too. Bye bye.